0: Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by a friend, entrepreneur, and artist of many trades, including being the creative mind behind Moon Baby Arts, the Little Cuties Art Series, and host of the Body Story podcast, Tiffany Eller. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into this. Welcome, Tiffany. It is so awesome to have you here. I am so happy to be
1: here, Carrie. You have no
0: idea. Much excitement on my end as well. We met each other one time in person, (laughs) (laughs) like so many moons ago. I mean, maybe it was like three or four years ago. Gosh, was it that long ago? The time is just flying by, it seems, but I just absolutely loved you from the moment I met you and I still love you and I'm so excited to be able to collaborate and from podcaster to podcaster as well. We just have a lot in common and it just feels super magical to have you here.
1: I feel the same way and like, I just have to say, so you and I met at a bachelorette party and you had this camera and I was like, oh God, she's so cool. (laughs) I thought you were so cool. Oh my gosh, you're so
0: sweet. I was really nervous to be honest because had I even met one person? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, you just knew the bride, right?
0: Oh, actually, that's not true, because her cousin was there, and her cousin was in my grade, because y'all are one year ahead of me, and I knew her, but she, and that was like a surprise. She showed up halfway through the night, but yeah, I was super nervous, and the camera is a great icebreaker, and it met its demise soon after that, and I replaced it. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, so I replaced it with its
1: twin, so uh, yeah, rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought you were cool. I didn't pick up on any of that. We had a great time. Yeah, it was so
0: much fun. I'll never forget it. And look at what I gained from it.
1: More friends. A podcast guest. No.
0: <laughs> true. That's true. Facts, people. So I know my listeners are going to be super excited to have you on, especially when they get to dig into your podcast and get to know you more in that way, which shout out to the Body Story podcast. I know I already mentioned it. I'll mention it many times throughout this episode because it is fucking rad. Go check it out. But since this is the Soul Full of It podcast and we have a monthly astrology and tarot segment, and I'm an astrologer, I always like to share a little bit about my guests. Sun sign, moon sign, and rising sign. Do you recall what your sun,
1: moon, and rising are? So my sun sign is Pisces. My moon was... Leo. Leo. Mm, I would have never remembered that. And then rising... Sag? No, I have no idea. Virgo. Virgo? Actually, Okay. Yeah, I was so close, but not. (laughs) I have a
0: one-line sentence to kind of sum you up astrologically, which is that you are the mystic, which is your Pisces Mm. sun sign, with the soul of the artist, which is your Leo moon sign, who appears to the world as the strategist, which is the Virgo rising.
1: Ooh, that really resonates. That makes a lot of sense.
0: I'm glad you like it. And that's kind of a quick way of introducing you to our listeners before we jump into all of the fun. So let's get into it. I know that as an artist, you've got a lot of really cool projects going on. And I imagine they're all so soul filling for you. And I'm really excited to ask you about a few of them today. The first question that I have for you is, What inspired you to create the Body Story podcast?
1: Last year, around this time, actually, I was in Portland and I was with my sister, a stepsister that I recently gained in the last few years. So we've only known each other as adults. We were talking about our bodies and like not shaving body hair and just like things that you can't talk about with everyone. And I was like, man, I love having these conversations and I love hearing about other people's body stories. And while I was there, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast, interviewing people about different experiences all across the body spectrum. And so my inspiration first was curiosity. And then beyond that, I also think that there's a lot of value in us hearing each other's stories and telling our own stories, as far as catharsis goes, and understanding and vulnerability, like when we're able to share authentically about our experience, we get to inform others worldviews. And that's something I really value. And so especially around body image, it just seemed really important to have a platform for people to just talk about all of this stuff that we carry about our bodies, especially shame. Definitely. In in a collective way, but it's also like we all feel so alone in it. and to have the show means that we can all feel a little less alone in our body shame and our healing of that shame. Yeah, I absolutely
0: agree. And I remember seeing you talk about, I'm going to do this podcast. And it just felt like it came together overnight because it was so quick that you had it out and it was released into the world. And at the time I had been sitting on my podcasting idea for maybe six months, which is a long time to sit on an idea. And I had a lot of fear and doubt around releasing things into the world that, you know, was my voice and that I birthed myself creatively. And seeing you do it was such a huge inspiration and push for me to be like, okay, you know what? I got to get on this vibe. Like, I really need to actually do it, you know? So you really helped push me forward with that. I don't know know if you even knew that.
1: I don't think I knew that but that's that's exactly the type of effect I hope to have on people because I watched so many people before me just go ahead and like do their thing and it was so inspiring and you know I've been there where I'm like oh why can't I just go out and do that thing why am I stuck here and like thinking about it so much but that's why I did it with the podcast cuz I had watched that for so many years and I, when I finally had the idea I was just like you know what fuck it I can do this. And honestly, the whole time I've done it, I've referred to it as the moving forward imperfectly project, because to me, it was more important to get it done and make mistakes and fix it along the way than it was to sit on it and try to make it perfect before ever trying. Yeah, so you can't start
0: perfect, right? exactly would you say that you took it one tablespoon at a time (laughs) (laughs) one tbsp at a time that is a very silly joke for our listeners who might not have caught it tbsp tablespoon the body story podcast it's just i love it it's so great i
1: know i've been wanting to make a design on a shirt or something for a long time that says your daily tbsp of body positivity, that is so perfect for like
0: a newsletter campaign, and yes, yeah, so many different things yes. that that can fit into a little
1: cutie.
0: Oh my gosh, yes! Ah, oh, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get to the little cuties, y'all. Just you wait. I'm so excited. Ah, so many fun things. So speaking of the Body Story podcast, what are some of the highlights of your own body story?
1: I've been thinking about this question and. A highlight is typically something that's positive, but I find that in body stories, a highlight in terms of the thing that's most prominent isn't necessarily always positive. So I would say in that regard, a highlight, if that's the best term, is, you know, I have body shame like everyone else uh, from being shamed as a child for being the wrong body type or being too pale or being a redhead, even. And then later, like sexual trauma and that kind of stuff that I had to go through and recover from, th- those have been very prominent parts of my body story. But as of today, I'd say the highlight in the positive use of the term highlight is that I've been able to heal a lot of that and share it with others. And I've learned that through my own story sharing it has the power to heal. That kind of ties in with what I was saying before about why I started the podcast. But the highlight for me is the way I live today, the way that I don't let that trauma and that shame and those lies and expectations to inform the way that I see my body and I live my life now. So like I wear the things I want to wear regardless of my body type. I shave the side of my head because I wanted to. I'm like, yeah, you look great. Love it. I I feel great. And that's that's what I want to strive for in this body is that like if it's not serving me, if it's making me feel worse about myself, either physically or mentally, like I don't want to do it. And so to me, a highlight is just like saying goodbye to all the bullshit. So much yes to that.
0: So this is kind of something that you touched on briefly, but what about sharing your own body story if there's anything specific
1: or not? has been the most empowering for you. Seeing other people's response to it really. So I started sharing mostly my like sexual trauma, that part of my body story with other people, but it started out like the first time I shared it publicly in person, meaning not writing it on social media, I was speaking to a group of women in a group that were like professionals that met once a week and they'd always have a guest speaker and I talked about what I had been through and how hard it was to be in an abusive relationship in high school. And then by the end of it, I was met with not only so much support for my own body story, but some of the women came up and they're like, thank you. Thank you for telling us that. Like I've been through the same thing. And to let people know that they're not alone in their experiences and to provide a light because they see the light that comes from me because I tap into that light often to let them know that that light exists within them too and just because they went through trauma or pain or abuse that that light still exists and that they can access it like that's really cool to me i love that so
0: this is kind of the same question but swapped what about helping other people share their body story has been empowering for you or enlightening
1: oh, it's a lot of the same but it's also The fact that I've had people on my show where they say, I've never said this anywhere else. And to be able to provide that space, I don't know, I think is really important. Yeah, actually, as
0: a former guest on your podcast, episode 27, y'all go check it out. I'm in hair. Pretty damn good. (laughs) It's so good. While I was on your podcast, I think that's something I said where I was like, I don't know if I've ever shared this before, which is true. For some reason, having that conversation with you and just being super fucking real about my experience in regards to my hair story just brought out truthful stories that just hadn't been shared in any other way. Things that people didn't know. And I mean, people who know me really well, who people who've lived with me, people who have known me my whole life, maybe don't even know some of the things I shared.
1: I think that's so special. And I feel really honored that you felt that way and that you could share in that way. And you know what? (laughs) The funny part is, in my life, it wasn't just the start of this podcast that resulted in these conversations. I can't tell you how many times throughout my life people have trusted me with really sensitive information and told me things that they'd never told anybody else. And I think it's part of my purpose here to hold sacred space for people.
0: I absolutely agree with that. And that's pretty much exactly what my next question was for you, because one of the things that I have noticed from being both a listener of your podcast and a guest is that you're really talented at holding space for other people to show up and be their authentic selves. Do you have any tips for someone who may be looking to become a better listener? or improve their own ability to hold space for others?
1: Yes, definitely. So the first thing I would say is, and this is gonna sound obvious, this is gonna sound super cliche, but listen. Practice listening more than waiting to speak. And I know people say that all the time and it's kind of an empty thing to say uh, in terms of advice, but it's very true. Like. That is what holding space is. Is not having the right answer at the end of the sentence. It's not having an answer at all sometimes. It's giving someone else the space to say what they need to say. It's not about fulfilling your ego with needing to be the savior or the smartest person or whatever else ego is trying to tell you to do at that moment. That's number one. I'd say the second thing is... Be comfortable with silence. Start getting comfortable padding your conversation with more silence. Because as somebody who is a talker, who has ADHD, so my mouth runs a uh, hundred miles a minute sometimes. I talk a lot and I fill the space whenever there is space. And so part of me refining my process of holding sacred space has been learning that, like, sometimes I just need to be quiet and let there be space. And especially when the thing you're holding space for is sensitive or serious, solemn, sometimes it's in that moment of silence that the person you're talking to has their biggest release or revelation or thinks of the next thing that they're going to say to change the whole conversation. So every time you jump in with your two cents, you might be cutting off an opportunity to really dive deeper.
0: Absolutely. I agree. If you're always dropping your two cents, you might miss a dollar. (laughs) Oh, I like that. That's cute. I mean, I'd rather have a dollar than two cents personally.
1: (laughs) Heck yeah.
0: I'm a talker too, and what I think for me has helped me be better at listening, which I'm always working on as a Gemini rising. I've said that on this podcast before, but it's so fucking true. You as a Virgo rising, you probably feel this because they're both ruled by Mercury, which is all about the communication and relaying information, is that closing my eyes kind of helps me shut my mouth.
1: (laughs) For me, I'm looking at so much art on my walls right now, like for me taking in all of the weird pieces of art on my wall helps me focus.
0: That's great. Fun tactic. I'll have to try that. There's a ton of art in our apartment because we've lived here for so long that it's every single piece of wall is now full. So
1: eventually (laughs) we're going to expand beyond here at some point. I have art on my art in this room. (laughs) Well, you're an artist.
0: I mean, you painted your own wall in your house that looks gorgeous, by the way. It's on my bucket list to like take a photo with you in front of that wall in
1: your house. (laughs) You better get here soon because I'm itching to paint. (laughs) I
0: will be there in quarantine. I love it. Because I already canceled one trip to to Idaho. So I'm, you know, there's another one coming up soon here. And soon is, you know, it's a flexible term these days. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes, I also, sorry, taking it back two steps. I thought of one other thing I want to say about holding sacred space. Absolutely. The third and final thing is learn to ask questions. Learn to ask better questions and start thinking in questions because the more you're asking, the less you're saying. So I ask a lot of questions. Powerful and
0: and specific, like skillful. That's something somebody can put into practice immediately, which is great because I have another question for you. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Do you have any advice for someone listening who may be struggling with their relationship with their body right now?
1: Of course. Of course I do. We're all full of advice. No, but seriously, I actually struggle with this question sometimes because I never remember how I went through each of these steps in my own acceptance. So it's not like I can point to something and be like, oh yeah, like this is all I did, and then I loved myself more. You know, it's not that straightforward. So my advice is actually the last thing I said, start asking more questions of yourself. So when you feel I'm not good enough about whatever part of your body or your diet or really anything, anything that makes you feel worse about yourself, ask yourself why and really sit with that question. Give it time for you to think about it because what you'll find if you dig deep enough is the root of it is not you or your values. It's usually something that you've taken on as your own that you don't need to hold on to anymore. As an example, this isn't body related, but a good example I heard from my friend was she was afraid of spiders and (laughs) she realized that it wasn't her fear of spiders, it was her mom's fear that she was carrying since she was a kid and she witnessed her mom be afraid of spiders. So it's like all of these things, especially about what we believe about our bodies, we've internalized and just taken as fact when really there's always something you can like drop back to and be like, oh wait, that's not my values that are being reflected here. Like this is This commercial I saw 10 years ago that I never let leave my brain. So just start asking more questions and identifying what you really value and the things that have been put on you because a lot of that will steer how you feel about your body and yourself.
0: I have a very fond memory of... Fond is kind of a funny word. I have a memory (laughs) of myself being in... I think the first year of junior high school and declaring that I was a Republican (laughs) when it was like the Bush v. Al Gore election. I was definitely too young to like understand what was happening, quote, what was at stake, all of that. Not to bring politics into it, but I remember announcing that I was a Republican. And then years later, when I finally started to understand what that was and what, you know, all these labels were, I realized like, I'm not any of these things. I'm an independent, but I just didn't understand it because my mom was a Republican at the time. And even now that's not even true. But at the time she was a Republican and she was going to vote for Bush. And that was the rhetoric that was in our household. And I totally repurposed it and I embodied it myself and I believed it, which is where it's kind of dangerous, right? It's like, I believed it. And again, that's not about my body, but it's so true that we kind of take on what we see From elsewhere in the external, and we internalize it, and it becomes kind of a poison or a weapon against us.
1: I actually have another question about that. So, when you declared you were a Republican, was that in an effort to be accepted by your home tribe, so to speak, like be accepted with your community within your household?
0: Honestly, I think it was to ruffle feathers, (laughs) because that's who I am, and I think if what it was was, like, some other kid was like, my mom's gonna vote for Al Gore, and instead of being like, my mom's gonna vote for Bush, which is what the truth was, I was (laughs) like, I'm a Republican.
1: That's so interesting, though. Like, identity is just such a huge thing, even at such a young age. And I never forgot that, too, and I don't know why. And, like, years later, just
0: understanding, you know, the system that we have in place, which is mm, corrupt in so many ways, uh, just <laughs> just to be honest, I had more language and had more understanding. And I feel like the older I get, the older I get, the older I get, the more I shed, the more I release, like, yes. what was projected onto me and what I carried And which is ironic because my name is Carrie, but you know, what am I carrying? And that's one of the questions I guess that I would ask myself or have asked myself and pass off to our listeners in regards to your body story or anything about yourself that you're maybe critiquing is like, what are you carrying and why? And like, is carrying that belief going to make your journey harder or easier? If it's harder, is it because it's going to make you stronger or is it harder just? because it's super heavy and like, actually, you'd be better off leaving it on the side of the road or strapping it to your back or lighting it on fire.
1: (laughs) Right. Actually, so last year I was part of a coven, I guess. It, It was like an online coven, but we did little exercises every month. And the first month was on body image. And we had to sit down and journal about when's the first time you remember something, something, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I had already done what I thought was all of my body positive work on myself. And so I was like, okay, I've already done this. Like, I'm not really going to come across anything that I haven't already addressed. And as I was sitting there just like free writing, I realized that because I was a redhead, I had felt at a really young age or from a very young age that because I was a redhead, I needed to be like crazy in bed, that I needed to be really good at sex and I like wrote that on my paper and I dropped my pencil because I was so shocked that that was part of my body story because it was so internalized I never ever thought of it
0: yeah that is the thing that people say like that's a thing and I don't get it I've never gotten
1: that yeah so that just goes to say that no matter how much work you have done on your body or whatever you still have more to go there's always a journey that's unraveling in terms of learning our body stories and telling them well and our bodies are always changing with us right
0: yes so we're kind of shedding who we were and becoming who we are and that could look so many different ways for so many different people so yeah it's kind of an ongoing transformation of just being a human being
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so we kind of touched on this a little bit in regards to where body stories are rooted, where are they coming from. In particular, with the rise of social media, I think we've created a sort of comparison culture based off of other people's highlight reels. Do you have any advice for folks who are navigating social media to help them steer clear of what I call the
1: comparison trap? There's a really great button. It's called the block button. (laughs) That thing. (laughs) is your best friend, you're going to use that to block everything that makes you feel that sense of comparison. The only exception I'll make to that is if it's a sense of comparison that makes you want to be better, like, Carrie, in your case, it might have been, like, seeing my stuff, that might have brought up feelings in you of, like, oh, man, I wish I could do that, but if it was a healthy, like, wait a minute, I can and I will clearly don't block those people. You don't have to block everybody you're comparing yourself to. But if you find yourself really beating yourself up about something because of a person's content, like they don't deserve a space in your in your mind and in your newsfeed. So block button and then start following more accounts that align with your values. And sometimes that can be really hard to find if you don't know what those values are. My vein is... Bodies. So, like, start following body positive accounts if this is something that you struggle with. Because I will let you know there is a body positive account for every single body type, skin color, hair type, skin condition, mental health disorder. Like, there is a body positive account for all of us. So, go find them. And the way you can find them is by following people that aren't of your body type follow people that have completely different experiences than you. And just start to realize that we're all so different that, yeah, you can make comparisons all day long, but that your unique spark is what sets you apart and makes you beautiful. That's so cheesy. But it's true. (laughs) It is true.
0: And I think it's powerful. And it's a great reminder for folks to know, like, Yeah, it sounds cheesy, but you are fucking special. You're fucking special. And you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be here. And if you're listening to this episode, and you don't feel special, like, excuse me, as I remind you that you're fucking special. And like, thank you for being here. Thank you for being alive. Like, What a fucking miracle that we're all alive at the same time. And like, thank goodness that we all have indoor plumbing. I mean, you could have been born in a totally different time, you know, and like not even had that or electricity or the internet or like the ability to listen to this podcast. But no, you were born like now and you're here now. And it's fucking rad. That was my rant of the day.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So
0: fun. So this is a random question, but you mentioned like finding really great accounts to follow and people who are uplifting and inspiring off the top of your head. Is there anybody that you would recommend following that just consistently puts out really great content that is uplifting and maybe has to do with bodies or not other than your own account, which is fucking full of awesome shit?
1: Thank you so much. Actually, if you do follow my account and go through some of the older stuff I've posted, there's a lot of art on there that isn't mine. Any art that I ever post that's not mine, I attribute to the artist. And I highly recommend like going through and seeing if there's any styles through that and see if there's any artists that you really resonate with, because I personally love the body positive art. So there's one thing. If you want to be more educated on body positivity and what the space has to offer in general and its history, Your Fat Friend is really good. It's YR Fat Friend. They are an anonymous blogger who talks about fat phobia and what it's like living in a fat body. There's also At I Way, and that's Jamila Al Jamil. She's got some pretty great content. Those are two that come to the top of my head. Those accounts
0: are awesome. I'm not following any of them yet, but I will definitely check them out after we're done recording today. And there is one account that I remember had inspired you to do the little cuties challenge. Can you share what that account is?
1: Yeah, they are Bopolena, B-O-P-O-L-E-N-A. Bopolena was actually my first interview for season two of my podcast, which was really cool because their art is so fun and in a similar style as Steven Universe in terms of characters. And then they pair their characters with declarations or statements just about body experiences. And it's, it's just cute and lovely and uplifting. And Lena started a body positive Inktober challenge at the beginning of October 2019. And so all of the topics were body related. And the premise of Inktober is that you draw in your style in pen or digital or whatever, a topic a day for the whole month of October. And so I started mine with things I call little cuties and... They just blew up from there. So, <laughs> they're little cartoons.
0: Aw, uh, this is kind of the perfect segue for my question about what is a little
1: cutie? A little cutie is a very minimalistic looking character that's reminiscent of the, what was that series? Like, Little Miss? Little Mister? Yes, I remember that, yes. Is there a book? Yeah, like, a series of books, I think. hmm So, They look similar to that. It's my own style, but they look pretty similar. They're just little shapes with big feelings, and (laughs) they are meant to depict a range of body experiences. So some are fat and short and skinny and tall and bald and full of food, and they're just so cute. I don't know. (laughs) They're cute characters that are meant to make us feel more human. I absolutely
0: dig it. So one thing that you did with these little cuties that you birthed into the world after your Inktober challenge was to create a coloring book out of them. And when you had your first batch of coloring books come out for this project, you shared publicly about the behind the scenes of what it was like to bring it to life on your social media. I know that talking about Finances, struggles, business, all of that together isn't really the status quo. So I'm curious, why did you decide to be so transparent about that?
1: Well, for one thing, I believe that vulnerability will save us all. So as part of that belief, I walk the walk as often as I can. So in the spirit of being vulnerable, I decided to post where I was at in the whole publishing and production process because to me letting others see the behind the scenes of how hard it really is to get something off the ground kind of takes away the scariness of it because i think a lot of us we see these really successful people and we're so intimidated and part of that intimidation is well how did they do that how did they get to this point how did they become a million dollar earner or whatever we're admiring at the time and you're right about the status quo. It's like, it's always been status quo to not talk about how we've attained wealth or success because it's like this well-kept secret. And so I felt like, to me, showing the process I was going through made it a little more human. (laughs) Yeah. Just being honest, because it's not all roses all the time, especially when you're a creator or an entrepreneur. Like Sometimes you got to Do things that are tough and things don't work out the way you think they're going to. And that was exactly what I was experiencing publishing the coloring book. And the other thing I knew is that I didn't have the funding to publish it and I was going to be asking my network for support. And I also knew that if I was asking for their support, it was really important for them to know truthfully what they were supporting because especially... Today, we're hit up for money all the time. There's GoFundMes for everything and everyone. And every Facebook birthday comes with a donation button these days. And not that those are bad things, because a lot of really great things have been funded this way, but it's also just pure saturation. Like, if you don't communicate with people the value that they're going to get out of whatever they're donating, they are less inclined to do so. And so part of that value was like, hey, you get to see everything. You get to know what I'm doing so that you know, like, you paid me 20 bucks for this coloring book and you're not going to get it for three months, but here's why. So there was a lot of factors of just knowing that I wanted to be able to walk my talk and answer questions before they got asked, I guess, (laughs) too."
0: From my perspective, it was a really inclusive way of doing business.
1: I really was very pleased with how it all worked out. I was able to completely crowdfund the coloring book. By that, I mean order the minimum 150 copies or 200 copies of it or something like that. And I had to pay like $1,100 to do that. And that's just money I don't have. So to see that everybody wanted to support the project was really, really cool. And I think it's it's even cooler for the project itself because the little cuties are a community. You see one and you see them all together and you're like, oh my gosh, they're all so cute together. And that's how I feel about all my friends and network. And so to see the little cuties kind of come donate to make the little cuties a reality, is just, ah, warms my heart.
0: It brings everything to life of what the point of that is, is to show and reflect the differences that are within our communities. It's the people have said this before who are way more wise than me, but like diversity is our strength. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So thank you for creating something and putting it out into this world that really reflects that and emphasizes that message because we get a lot of messages about this is the hot thing and this is the way that you should look. And there's just so much of that everywhere that when you start to see something that's like actually applies to you and your experience, it's fucking refreshing. That's
1: exactly what it is.
0: Another question that I had for you in regards to the podcast kind of taking us back here real quick is that you are in the second season of hosting your podcast and in two seasons now of having people on your show who are talking about very sensitive things and sharing very vulnerably about their own body stories, has anything surprised you along the way?
1: I think some of the things that have surprised me are the things that I've had to learn in order to, like we said earlier, like hold space better. There's been times where I'm like interviewing somebody and I have to ask a question that I don't know how to ask and it comes out and it's just it's not pretty <laughs> like, and to have to stumble like that in front of people that i care so much for as much as i can of course i a lot of my guests i've never met in person but just knowing that i don't want to ever offend anyone by being ignorant and then to have to admit sometimes that i'm a little ignorant about things you know being ignorant isn't the surprising part or like having to address it but Um, just how smoothly those conversations have gone and how forgiving people have been to me as long as I'm really truly trying to understand and do my best. It was just really refreshing because one of my stories, body or otherwise, has been needing to be smart and getting it done right the first time. And so the fear of coming across as ignorant or stupid was one of my biggest fears. And the fact that I had to face it head on, said some stupid things, truly, and then to be like forgiven instantly. It's just been really cool to see like, oh, I don't have to be perfect in order to support this person. And that truly, if you're coming from your heart, people are willing to forgive you for your misgivings. With your
0: podcast going into it, you probably thought, I'm going to be holding this space for other people to show up and be very vulnerable. And then in the process, by having to face your own humanity and making mistakes along the way, that kind of forced you to be vulnerable.
1: Yeah, it's really beautiful. I think it's beautiful that you hold space for people. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of your gifts, that's for sure. Absolutely.
0: So a question that I have for you in regards to you being an entrepreneur, you are building so many different things, many of which we haven't even mentioned in this episode, which just tells me that there can be another episode later on, of course, is do you have any advice for creatives who are looking to get into any one of your trades, like having the fire in the belly to actually launch the podcast or create the coloring book or do the graphic design, like become an entrepreneur? What would be your advice to that person?
1: just go for it. Invest in yourself. Put skin in the game and spend money on the thing that you want to build. It is worth it. You don't even have to succeed at it for it to be worth it. I call that the learning tax. Like if you end up buying these things and you're like, oh, I didn't use that at all. (laughs) That was a skill I never developed further than that. Like, (laughs) It's a learning tax you pay because everything you are doing is a step closer to the right thing that you're going to fall in love with. Everything that has gotten me to where I am now as an artist and an entrepreneur or an artistpreneur, if you will. Love it. (laughs) I actually taught artistpreneurship 101 here in Boise a few years ago. So cool. But you have to throw out your fear of failing because... No matter what it is, graphic design, podcasting, event MCing, whatever, you have to be bad first in order to be good later. But going back also to when I said put skin in the game and pay for the thing, I really mean that too because it's really easy to find free resources to do anything you want to do, but until you're willing to put money in, It's a level of commitment when you put money in versus just like a passing like, oh, yeah, I could take that free course anytime.
0: Very true. I completely agree. So I have some questions that I love to ask my guests as we're wrapping up. And one of them is, do you have any daily, weekly or monthly routines that you would recommend to others that have brought you a lot of joy or peace in
1: your life? Clean your space. I clean my house all the time and not that it's always clean but i make that a regular part of my week and to me having a clean space really makes me feel put together it makes me feel more productive it helps me sleep better makes me feel more creative so i know that's a really simple thing but like clean your space
0: simple but powerful and also your virgo rising is showing (laughs) (laughs) That is like such a Virgo rising thing to say. My boyfriend is a Virgo rising. And I mean, I'm literally sitting next to a vacuum right now because he just vacuumed this room (laughs) and he vacuumed downstairs. And it's great. I love it. It's amazing. Like he is so clean and I absolutely love it. And it's funny because I thought I was really clean. And then, you know, years of living together, I'm like, man, I'm a fucking slob compared to him (laughs) because he's just so clean. But when the space is clean he can really immerse himself. And I think that's true for more people than are willing to admit it.
1: Well, they're not willing to admit it because they don't want to clean their space. (laughs) And it kind of goes deeper to like some,
0: you know, shame stuff, which is like, well, I don't deserve to have a clean space. Wow. You're right. That's a thing. And I know it because I have actually had that thought before. I mean, the times that I'm like, I'm not going to go to the gym when I sit with the idea of like, well, why didn't I go to the gym when I had time? I have stopped myself from doing that before and thought about it and been like, oh, huh. It's really because in the moment I decided I didn't deserve it. Hmm. Hmm. But you deserve it. You know, you deserve
1: a clean room, damn it. Yeah. Tidying up. Watch that on Netflix because if you don't like cleaning your house, you'll watch her and you'll be like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. And then you'll want to clean your house. I promise. She's delightful and she definitely sparks joy. Another question that I
0: love to ask my guests is is there an affirmation or a mantra or a saying something that you've been repeating to yourself maybe a lot or a little that you're really enjoying right now?
1: I have been talking to my guides a lot and one thing that I just keep hearing is give it to me. And it always comes up when I'm feeling really anxious about something and I realize I'm anxious because I'm holding on to it myself. And as soon as I turn to my guides and say, hey, they're like, give it to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I can do that. So
0: I think that's wonderful. Like, give it to me. as like your guides being like, you don't need to carry
1: that even. Exactly. And usually, you know, if I'm willing to listen, my anxiety goes away, like, immediately. That's really, really cool. One thing I really love to do as well is
0: welcome to rapid fire questions.
1: Oh, yes. Let's do
0: this. I'm closing my eyes for this part. It's so much fun. So the rules are simple. There are no rules. Um, But if there were to be rules, it would be that you can say one of the two options. You can say both. You can say neither. You are also completely welcome to step into your creative genius and suggest something else if you so feel inspired. (laughs) Okay. First up, new moons or full moons? New moons. Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. Incense or candles? Candles. Tarot cards or oracle cards? Both. (laughs) Morning person or night owl? Night owl. (laughs) Same. Read a book or listen to a podcast? Read a book. Phone calls or text messages?
1: Text messages.
0: Hmm. Coffee. (laughs) You're like maybe. Coffee or tea? Tea. This one I love. Crystal gems or crystal balls?
1: Oh crystal gems. (laughs)
0: So good. (laughs) Okay, so this is the Soul Full of It podcast, and I always end these episodes by asking my guests what are you so full of right now tiffany
1: i am so full of bliss i'm full of bliss for being on this podcast and have friends like you in such far places because of the time we live in Mm. and i'm full of bliss because i get to share so freely because i no longer subscribe to The parts of society that keep me silent. Poetry. I'm clapping.
0: Well, I'm snapping because it was just... That's yes. So much yes. (laughs) For our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, if you want to connect with Tiffany, if you want to figure out what do these little cuties look like, maybe you want to listen to the Body Story podcast, you can follow her on Instagram at Body Story Podcast, but also... Tiffany, could you share a little bit more about what folks can get their hands on in regards to the cuties?
1: Heck yeah, I can. Little cuties can be found at thelittlecuties.com. And I have a shop there. I have descriptions of what the cuties are if I didn't do a good enough job on the podcast. And in the shop, you'll find t-shirts and the coloring book and cool trucker hats and some socks. There's There's always new things going into the shop as I feel compelled to add. So if you need a little more body positivity, head on over and get something real cute. (laughs) They're super cute. I'm just saying.
0: Everybody needs to get their hands on some of this merch that promotes inclusivity, body positivity, and just in general, good fucking vibes.
1: Good fucking vibes.
0: Tiffany, it has been such a treat to have you on my podcast I am just so full of joy because you're here. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your magic and your insights with my listeners. It is fucking great. Thank you.
1: Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me, Carrie. You're the best. All right.
0: Feel free to share this episode out with your people and connect with Tiffany. I'll see you next time.